0: Everybody enjoying this weather. I think it was twenty-two when I come in this morning. It's coming and you're gonna go, oh it's hot. (laughs) Enjoy what you've got. Got a text message from Linda (laughs) Jinren. She's suffering for Christ right now. She's down in the Key West. And she said, it's really tough. I'm sitting on the back porch, lined with palm trees and a pool, and she's doing and she's doing amazing. Donna and I went over and prayed for her when hospice come in, and the look that was on her then was just what you would think when hospice shows up. And I said to her, I said, how do you want us to pray? Because I wanted to pray the direction. Are you ready to go home with the Lord? And she said, she said, No. I think this is the one that's going to do it. So we prayed for her, and then she called Donna the next day and said, I'll see you in church. And she was here Sunday, and now she's down in Key West. So I think maybe God's doing some good stuff. Hoorah. Yes. God is so good. You know, uh, Kids for Christ uh, reminded me. That's always been the emphasis here at this church as young people. And Holly, probably back, Holly's back in the back. Her and Kim uh, just about are tied up every Sunday morning. Holly very rarely gets out. We need you all to volunteer one time a month. And if there's enough of you, it might be one time a year to cover that class so Holly can get out and Kim can get out to church. We've got the help. I see it. So I'm just throwing it out there. If we don't take care of the young, if we don't take care of the teenagers, if we don't take care of that's the church, folks. As a matter of fact, Brad and Jeff and some of these were all there. And now they're part of the church, and I can go around the room and look. But uh, pray about that. No, you don't need to pray about that. We're, listen, we're called to serve. We're not called to walk in selfishness, which is coming up in a sermon. I can feel it in me. Because the Bible says we become lovers of self. We are so involved in ourself, we can't give a few moments to mentor the young people that's going to be taking your place. You're going, you're, you old folks, you're all going to die. I just wanted to let you know. Somebody's got to keep the church going. I want to retire. But somebody's got to keep the church going. You all got quiet. But isn't it the truth? So, think about when you would like to work on it. And I'm sure that Hollywood puts you on the list. You know, if you can't make it till next February. At least put it on the list. And she'll remind you to be here. Anyway, just a, a word of we got to keep things going. I want to talk to you today because I know now you've got unforgiveness towards me. <laughs> I want to talk to you about Forgiveness. There's nothing more important than what I'm going to be saying today about forgiveness. I'm going to probably spend two or three services on it. There's nothing more devastating to a person than walking in unforgiveness. You don't realize that when you're walking in unforgiveness, the person or people that you get offended of are still walking in their life and going on with their day. Many times they don't even know that you have upset them. But you're going to carry unforgiveness, and you find as you walk in unforgiveness, that is all that's on your mind. And I want to share some scripture that's going to walk into a family that walked through that and what it did to that family. And it absolutely, unforgiveness, if you allow it to be a part of your life, will totally destroy you. We had songs this morning of what Christ did for us. He took care of and he forgave us. What's amazing about God's forgiveness, (laughs) and I was always, in my early ages in the church, I always thought that when I come to the altar, when I give my heart to Christ, all my sins were forgiven, all my past sins were forgiven. And I was taught wrong, and I was taught that I have to perform to keep him happy. I had to go to church to keep him happy. But that's not grace. He forgave tomorrow. And we can't forgive today. Someone says something wrong to us and we're going to take offense of it and we're going to live in that. When Christ died for you and I, not just for yesterday, not just for today. Y'all recognize that you will sin today? Well, I'm perfect. Well, there's some here that think that. There's no one, no one that's perfect. So he forgives us for today. And then I'm already forgiven for... Now, that that doesn't give us a right to sin. If you're a Christian, you don't want to sin. But it's covered. So we've got to come to the place in our lives where we've got to be quick forgivers. I mean, the instant something offends you, the instant your wife, your husband, your child does something wrong, you have got to learn the importance of just going no. I've got a little plaque on my desk. Just let it go. I think Ed and I made it. Just let it go you'll find you'll be happier, you'll be for, more full of joy because God is taking care of everything we've got. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out, for out of it springs the issues of life. If I walk in unforgiveness towards anybody, anything, anything that's going on in my life, the issues of my life are going to be bitterness, unforgiveness. I mean, I'm in that unforgiveness, I'm... I'm it's going to turn into rage. It's going to turn to all sorts of things that I don't want in my life. I, as a young child, Joyce can tell you, I had a pow temper. I mean to tell you. Well, Dad worked seven days a week, second shift at the coal mines, and then in the mornings, he was the mayor of the city, and he worked all day for the town. So I never knew my dad till he started coming to church here. I was stuck. Mom... Diane, Vicky, me, Dawn, Joyce, and Scott didn't come for 10 years. So in that, <clears throat> in that, I had a temper because everything was the girl's way. In that, I didn't get my way. Well, I was young, and that's all gone, but I'm telling you, I walked, didn't even know I was walking in unforgiveness. But yet, it, it affected my life, and I didn't even know why. That's why I'm sharing this, because I'm telling you, whatever's going on in your heart is going to affect what comes out in your life, which is what's going to come out of your mouth. Because for the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we've got to recognize that God has got us. In, in, in Exodus thirty-three fourteen, it says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Well, if I'm in unforgiveness... I'm not living in rest. I may act like it at times. I may laugh a little bit here and there at times, but I'm still carrying that in my heart. Psalm 16, says, you will show me the path of life and in your presence is the fullness of joy. I want to be at the place in my walk where everything that goes on is, is okay. Everything that's good is okay. And if I'm going to live in that arena i've got to recognize what's going on in my heart well let me share and i want you to be patient with me i'm going to read in luke 15 if you want to go there it's going to be up on the screen i think they're going to get it up on the screen be patient because i'm going to read a lot of verses and then we're going to talk about it and in this story most people understand and know this story But maybe there's somebody here or somebody by the Internet that's never even heard this story. I'm going to read this story. It's about a father that's got two sons. And these two sons chose... One of the sons says to Dad, can I have my inheritance early? Obviously, there was some unforgiveness in his heart for him wanting to get out of the house. But let me read this, and we'll just follow it. Then Jesus said this, Once there was a father with two sons... This is in the Passion Bible. So if you don't have that, you won't be able to follow me. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, do not, don't you think it is time, don't you think? I know more than you do, Dad. There's so much in this, I don't know if I'll get through it today. Don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So the father went ahead and distributed between the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to, to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where, where he soon wasted all of his all was given in, in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a, se- a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in the country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. Wow. We got to stop there because he was a Jewish man that's now in a foreign country feeding pigs where they, they couldn't even touch the pigs, let alone eat the pigs like we do. And now here he is, feeding the pigs and being with the pigs because of his choice. The son was so so famished, he was willing even to eat the slop given to the pigs, because no one would feed him one thing. Life starts. He starts recognized. Humiliated, the son finally realized that he was do what he was doing and he thought There are many workers, my father's house, who will have all food, all the food they want, with plenty to spare. They lacking nothing, why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house, and I will say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I will... I will never again be worthy to be called your son. He had come to the place, he finally come to the place where we all need to recognize you and I are nothing. We are in Christ, but in ourself, we're nothing. In ourself, we can do nothing. In ourself, ourself we're going to destroy ourselves. But he recognized this in his life. He maybe had unforgiveness, I don't know, but we're going to run into a man that did. It goes on and it says, I'll never again be worthy to call your son. Please, father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home for a long distance away. His father saw him coming. The son was dressed as a beggar, and a great compassion swelled up in his heart, and his son, who was returning home. The father, who represents Christ, seen us in that condition, but yet still loved us no matter what took place. Think about this. I don't care who your children are. I don't care what they've done or maybe done or had done. Your love doesn't change when you have an agape love like God's got. You may be mad at them at times. You may be upset, but you still have a love that you can't get rid of. Well, this father had this love recognizing that his son had went out and done things he should not have done, but yet he still loved him with all his heart. Now, there's a man that is following agape love. It goes on, it says, the father raced out, met him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Listen to this. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And it stops. Because he got interrupted by his father. His father interrupted and said, son, you are home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring me the ring that seals our sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes. I like this. Bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate for my beloved son, once dead, but now he's alive. And he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Let me stop there a moment. It's an amazing thing. I had this happen in my life. I had a situation with my father that I was at the place where if I carried the unforgiveness that I felt wanted to be there, that I felt I had a right, I was so upset with my father at one point that I, I'm just being honest with you, I could have shot him and not been bothered by it. The Holy Spirit said to me immediately, what do you think you're thinking? I've already forgiven him. And you're not going to. That's why it's so very, very important because you can get yourself so worked up with unforgiveness that you will do and think things that you would never, ever, ever think you would think or do. And the longer you think on those things, you will go there. I'm as serious as I can be today. Because unforgiveness will absolutely destroy the, per, the best person in this house. And you've got to come to the place of recognizing you can't allow this to destroy you. It goes on. This gets interesting. Then it says, Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music and the celebration and the dancing. Could you imagine? Here you are doing the work of your brother, and you're home, and now all of a sudden something's going on, and you've been left out of that. Well, then he goes and he says, he called over one of the servants and asked, what's going on? The servant replied, it's your younger brother. Right there it starts. Could you imagine? He's been gone, partying, doing all the things that my sinful nature would like to do, but I know better. And then he comes home and now we're having a party for him? What, what does he need to do? <laughs> he needs to forgive really quick, but he doesn't. Listen to this. The servant said, it's your younger brother. He returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. First thing, if you want to write it down, that an unforgiving person does, they always boast, and they share their record of their life. Listen to what he does. The older son became angry and refused to go in, into the celebration. So his father came out and pleaded with him, Come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, Father, listen. Now, can you hear him? Dad, listen to me. How many years have I worked like a slave for you? i got to let you know how good I am, Dad. Performing every duty you've asked as as a faithful son and never once disobeyed you. Never once disobeyed you. The first thing that you can catch in unforgiveness in your own life is that you are defending yourself and you are telling everybody else how good you are to set the stage for how bad that other person is. The one that you are unforgiving, the one that maybe nobody else has ever had toxin thought about them, they will never see that person the same when we throw our unforgiveness out. Is this serious? That's why we're talking about it. Because we are all guilty of this at times, and we've got to catch ourselves and recognize where it's going to take us. He goes on, and I'll never, never once obey, but you've never thrown me a party. (laughs) Took care of him all his life. Give him everything he's got. Got a place to stay. But you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Because of my faithfulness. We're still in that first place. We're still in that place of, of... Second thing you're going to find that you'll do and I'll do when we're in unforgiveness, we're going to to throw complaints in all of this. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends as a son of yours, as, listen to this, as this son, as this son of yours. Now he's separating. That's the third thing that's going to happen. You're gonna boast about yourself. You're gonna set people aside and give them your information about you, how good you are. Then you're gonna start complaining about your life. And then you're gonna start separating, dividing the family that you grew up in or the church that you grew up in. I don't like the pastor because what he didn't do. And I'm never gonna go there again. That's called unforgiveness. That's called destruction. That's called tearing things apart. the very things that we shouldn't be doing we start doing he comes back after listen to what he says he comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living and here and here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him we can get caught up so quick and listen we're, I'm, I'm as guilty as the next, and I have to watch every day myself, and I mess up every day myself in this. If, if I don't start immediately letting things go, I personally would already have been nuts. Now, I'm still, I still struggle with this like everybody does, but there are people that live this way. There are people that are always mad at somebody. They're always complaining about somebody. There's there's those out that you, you bring somebody's name up, oh they're they're dingle berries, they're they're nuts. Oh, you're judging, so you're you're in unforgiveness towards something they've done to you. See, our everyday talk becomes a a, a vision of walking in unforgiveness. We've gotta we've gotta love everybody. We've gotta forgive everybody. We got nobody's like you. And guess what? Nobody wants to be like you. They don't. Yes, we, we, we know out of Scripture how we all should be living, and we can look at somebody's life that they should be living, but it's none of your business. I, I heard a rumor the other day, and the person was defending the rumor. They said there's no way that they would have done that. That wouldn't have happened. But yet somebody else was spreading stuff. They had no idea and they had the story so twisted that all comes from hurt and unforgiveness. You, You call it gossip. The root of it is unforgiveness because you would never talk about somebody that you hadn't talked about because they hurt you or offended you or you heard somebody else that said that they hurt you or offended you. I can I could write a book on the number of people that left this church over things that were said that never, ever, ever happened. It's called unforgiveness. And, and I'm not defending me. I'm, I'm just sharing with you. I, I know this. This is real. And we've got to come to a place of recognizing, I don't want to, when I when I catch myself bragging on myself and cutting somebody down, I must be in unforgiveness. Then if in the midst of that conversation I'm complaining about their way, that must be unforgiveness. Then if I'm dividing the church, if I'm dividing the families, that must be unforgiveness. Then if, I, then if I, it's all about me, that must be unforgiveness. See, if I'm talking about nothing but me, you, you find these people. The technical word for it is narcissist. They only think about them. That's because they've been hurt. But that doesn't give you the right to talk about them. They've been hurt. We've all, listen, everybody here, I can look around the room, everybody here, you don't have a perfect family. Everybody here, you're all dysfunctional. My mom and dad were dysfunctional. I could write you a, couldn't we, Joyce? I'm so glad my father got saved. He thought he was saved. But when he got saved, the tears started running and everything changed in his life and in our family. But I don't want, I can't talk about him, the things, because. I forgave him a long time ago. But I can do that to everybody in this place. I hurt, I hurt people I don't even know I hurt. I'm up here trying to help people and I'm hurting people sometimes. Because they'll hear one thing and then they won't hear nothing else that's said and then that's it. I'm leaving that church. I Just come to me. We had, we had somebody that played on the group with us up here. Whoa, he was good. He heard me say that our 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 relationship is with the Holy Spirit. And he got mad and left. Well, guess who our relationship with is here? It's with the Father, it's with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit lives in me. And that's who I hear and talk and visit with. It's still God. But they didn't hear the rest of it. That's what unforgiveness can do, folks. It can destroy you and set you back. I don't think he's ever been back in church again. Just what the enemy wants. He wants to destroy. We've got to recognize what God did. You know, listen. I I want to finish this up. Listen to what it says. The father said, my son, you are always with me and by my side. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to rejoice and celebrate like this because your brother was once dead and gone, but now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost, and now he is found. You know what? It doesn't go on and say that the older brother ever turned around. I can promise you, if he continued on the course he was on, he did damage to the family. He did damage to his own life. He did damage to his other brother that come back. He did damage to all the servants that worked for him. He did damage the rest of his life because of his unforgiveness. Well, you, you, but you won't believe what, what so-and-so did or what so-and-so said. Can I give you a clue? That's life. And we've got to get to the place. I mean, we've got all kinds of reasons to, to talk about and to, to judge and to, to walk in unforgiveness with our government. My gosh, things are an absolute mess. I mean, I love watching HGTV. And then all of a sudden, a, a man walks in and grabs a man and kisses a man. Donna had the remote. She went, Bam. I mean, we've got a lot going on that's crazy, folks. Now, I'm not, I'm not condemning the homosexual. The sin is wrong, and it's becoming so out there that they're making it like it's right. But we can walk in unforgiveness towards that. I'm not, I'm not in unforgiveness toward HGTV. I'm just, it's just a bummer, I'm gonna quit watching them. And know that they know when you turn it off. Just want to let you know. Matter of fact, they're probably watching you through the screen, if the truth be known. Because they know everything you watch on TV. That's why we've got what we've got. But we've got to recognize in this life we are living in, we've got to love people, but we've got to forgive people. We've got to let people walk through what they walk through. Well, we I well, well they shouldn't even serve in this church if they're doing any of that stuff. If they're drinking, if they're cussing, if they're doing, they shouldn't even be serving. Who are you to judge? We're love. We're to monitor. We can't let their ways come in, but we've got to let them get around other Jesus people and not the people that aren't. It all comes from unforgiveness somewhere in our lives. It is the seed. It is the root that has done everything. Pride is from unforgiveness. Everything's from unforgiveness. Why? Because that's what Jesus came to get rid of was the unforgiveness. He said, I know you're a mess, Ronnie. I know what you did. I know what you'd like to do today. I know what you'd like to do tomorrow. And them things probably really don't fit real good, but you're forgiven. And until you mature and grow through it, I got you covered. Think how different it would be in this church if everybody in here would forgive everybody else. Not talk about them, just love them. Yeah, they're doing stupid stuff, But you just love them. If you catch, if you catch in your life, if you catch where you're always boasting and sharing your record with people, you need to back up and say, Why are you doing that? Do you know most people don't even care about you? Oh, God, I just feel so bad. They can't feel it, they're concerned. Wouldn't it be better to say, you know, i got a headache. Would you keep me in prayer? Sure, man, I've got it covered. We could, I could, I could. We've got to recognize that forgiveness is where it's at. If, if, if you're complaining, why are you complaining? You're complaining about somebody. Did they hurt you? Forgive them. Let it, let it go. If you recognize you're dividing families and people, recognize Maybe you're the one that's walking in for unforgiveness. If you continue, let me, and I didn't spend much time on this, but if you're continually thinking about a hurt, we know that's unforgiveness. But let me tell you, you have put yourself in prison. And until you forgive, that's all you're going to think about. You know what's amazing about that? The little thing that might have happened will grow. Everybody here has had, tips with their family and, and whatnot. It's amazing how you forget what she was even upset about. And you've got to recognize you you've got to you can't you can't dwell on anything. Where does what does it say in Galatians? Think on these things. And it gives you a whole big list of things to think on. It doesn't say, and you cannot like Monica. It doesn't add that. You think about all the good qualities of Monica. You think about all the good qualities of the person. Even if they have no good qualities, you can find. Maybe their teeth are nice. At least give them that. It'll change it, listen. It will change your life. Donna's statement, I love my church. Can everybody say that? We should. Whether you do or not. I don't love everybody here. You don't love me. I don't expect to be totally loved by you. But at least like me. At least make the statement I love my church. You following me? Come to that place of recognizing: whoa, maybe it's me that's wrong. Whoa, maybe it's me that's walking in unforgiveness. Whoa. God, I can't, see, I can't fix this. You can't fix you. Only He can fix it. And you've got to say, and I've got to say, Holy Spirit, thank you for helping me. And I know you've got a plan. I know you're going to take care of it. Team, come on up. And let's recognize that unforgiveness is the evil that's going to pull you down. It's going to absolutely knock you off your props if you're not careful allow forgiveness to be the mainstay in your life Um, allow forgiveness allow just you know just be a quick quick forgiver make you a sign ask Adonai to make you a sign just say let it go matter of fact just spell one word put it all don't even put a break in it let it go just let it go everybody let it go One more time, let it go. I promise you, if you purpose to do that, you come back a year from now, you will be a different person. People will like you. I better quit on that one.
1: The Spirit it is
0: Hey, today you have a little bit on your heart like wow I've got some unforgiveness you know what let's just let it go Father I thank you Father each and every one of us have got situations circumstances that seem to always rise up Father we're going to ask your help allow the Holy Spirit to help us just to put those things down and not go there and let you take care of every situation every circumstance because we know that you're going to Father We give you all the praise, Father, and everything in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Call you blessed. You are dismissed. Wednesday night, I'm going to start in my favorite book, in the book of James. And we're going to walk through the book of James. Call you blessed. You're dismissed.